You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com and wherever you are listening to your favorite podcasts. I am that Ring Scoops guy, and this is the podcast for September 16th, 2020, recording us at 5 12 p.m., at least this portion of the show. Um, this week on the show, in addition to briefly in, in, in a minute here, I'm going to go over some of the news. Um, I had a really good conversation with my buddy McAvall about some of the stuff going on over in the WWE currently. Uh, we talked about the current run with Roman Reigns, his return, aligning with Paul Heyman, and what we could see down the road with those guys. Um, we're going to also talk about, in the in the conversation I had with Mac, we talked about um, the influence of Paul Heyman on the current product, uh, how Bruce Pritchard's been doing, give our thoughts on the retribution, uh, and a whole lot more. You know, it's really good in-depth conversation that Mac and I have. I mean, it's always good when Mac and I get together because we have discussions and conversations that um, are very deep about the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I think we bring the both we both bring the best out of each other because I know at times. There are things that, you know, we do solo shows. There's things that we, we forget to talk about, but whenever we get together and we do our shows together, we always bring out the best in each other. We bring out stuff that we normally, like one person will talk about something the other person doesn't talk about, you know, and um, it just makes for good stuff. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, before that, just real quick, some of the latest news going on in, in wrestling right now. There's some new signings for both AEW and for the WWE. All Elite Wrestling announced the signing of Will Hobbs, who has been a regular on AEW Dark and certainly has earned a deal with all of his work. And uh, so that's a good thing right there. That's a, it's going to be a fresh face, a fresh name, fresh talent coming to AEW on a full-time basis. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they're going to do with him. Um, I know it's been very documented in the past, my opinion about AEW, and I've been, actually been talking more about AEW in the last you know month than I have this whole year. Um, they're making some decisions now, some signings that are kind of turning my head a little bit, and that's a good thing. I'm, I'm keeping tabs a little bit more on their product. I want to be able to get into it because the more wrestling out there, the better for us fans and for the workers too. Um, but, you know... Like I gave I gave AEW a, a real serious good shot those first three months and it just didn't do anything for me so I just been watching sporadically, but I, I I think I think tonight after this podcast goes up because like I said it's five fifteen p.m. Pacific time right now on this Wednesday September sixteenth so I think uh, after this podcast goes up tonight eight o'clock here Pacific time TNT I'm gonna watch AEW I'm gonna give it one one more chance here. I shouldn't say one more, but I'll give it another chance. I'll, I'll check out the product. But Will Hobbs, hopefully he'll be featured tonight. I mean, the show's going on right now. He could be on right now. I have no idea. I will later on. But, all right, so moving on. 
Uh, Wade Barrett has officially signed with the WWE and will be a full-time um, announcer for NXT. He announced the signing uh, this afternoon in an interview with Sports Illustrated. Barrett stated that he signed a one-year deal with the company with the option to extend going forward. So there you go. Uh, Impact Wrestling. We got some news for Impact Wrestling. I got a press release emailed to me this morning. Uh talking about the main event for bound for glory bound for glory is going to be saturday october 24th and the main event for bound for glory is set eric young will defend the impact wrestling world championship in a one-on-one showdown with rich swan uh so there you go rich swan the challenger eric young the champion this is going to be interesting um you got two incredible talents going at it, two fresh faces going at it too, in a main event for Bound for Glory. Eric Young, no stranger to the impact. I mean, I'm not saying that you know when I say fresh face that I'm not saying he's a newcomer or anything, but I'm saying Eric Young's been out of the game of the impact for a while. So you know him having the title, I, I like it. Impact. I've been getting back into the product the last couple of years. Took a little time off when they signed Joey Ryan. Said fuck that guy, but. I'm back into watching it again. Rich Swan's good talent. Eric Young's a phenomenal talent. And those two guys going at it in Nashville on October 24th, Bound for Glory, I'm in. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to order the pay-per-view. That match right there has got me enough to order the pay-per-view. I can't wait to see what the undercard's going to be. So there you go for that. And a final piece of news here that I have that's, you know, big news. I mean, I don't want to talk about the little tiny rumors or anything like that. Just the big, the big stuff. The big show. Uh, WWE announced this afternoon that the next NXT TakeOver special will take place on Sunday, October 4th. So there you go. And then there's also going to be another TakeOver broadcast on December 6th. So we got some NXT TakeOver going down. We got two more this year. Oh yeah. It's kind of interesting that they're not doing one around Survivor Series. You got you got one before and you got one after Survivor Series. So that's a little unorthodox for NXT, but hey, it is what it is, right? Hopefully NXT takeovers the the next two, hopefully they'll be done in the Thunderdome. I think that would give an interesting look to the NXT specials. I think it would make it very distinctive to their weekly programming that they have on USA Network if they were to do the takeovers in the Thunderdome. Whereas, you know, Raw and SmackDown are in the Thunderdome and so are the pay-per-views. So they kind of look the same. But if NXT had full sell for the weekly show Thunderdome for TakeOver, be interesting. But anyway, that's it for, like, big news that I wanted to kind of talk about that caught my eye, at least today. And there's other things. You can check that out, you know, on your favorite news website. Not, I'm not going to promote one particular one. Ring Scoops itself doesn't have news on it. It's more of a blog, a podcast, Twitch website now. It's a personal blog. Got out of the news game a while back for good reason. So that's, I'll just say that. Your favorite wrestling news website. If you want more news, you know, check that out. But, yeah, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're going to talk with McEvall. I'm going to play that. We, we recorded that earlier today around 3 o'clock Pacific time. Had a nice conversation with Mac about all kinds of cool stuff. So, 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that Ring Scoops guy here, the Ring Scoops podcast, we're back. And I have got Macavall with me. Mac, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, doing better than Matt Hardy, probably. But yeah, <laughs> better than the better than the Clippers for all the basketball fans out there. I saw my buddy Theo uh, posting some uh, some funny stuff about the Clippers. Uh, like he posted that meme with Steve Harvey saying, "Congrats, Clippers." <laughs> yeah, it's hard to it's hard to uh, in a best of seven series. Uh, be up three one and then end up losing the series, but um, that's a story for another time. We hear about the sport of pro wrestling, baby. Yeah, well, no, it's, it, real quick, it's funny that you mentioned that though, because like the Yankees can feel that burn from when the, the Red Sox came back in two thousand four, beat their ass that way, <laughs> and they broke the curse of the Bambino that year. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a quite quite an accomplishment, a bad one, but quite an accomplishment. Yeah. But yeah, nah. Um, going, moving on to to wrestling though. Uh, there's uh, some good stuff going on over on SmackDown lately. Um, it, it's been documented. Uh, my watching patterns of SmackDown this year has been uh, extremely in the red. Uh, but the last two weeks, I've made an effort to watch the show, and I've enjoyed it uh, considerably more than I have. Uh, previously this year and i i credit that personally to uh kind of what they're doing with the the return of roman reigns and pairing them up with paul Heyman, man um i i i think uh i think it's interesting um that they're together uh visually it's kind of weird because you know seeing Heyman with brock all those years now you got him with Roman Reigns. I wrote a blog a few years back. I don't know if you read it or not, where I talked about the dynamic between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Because remember, so many people gave those two guys a bunch of shit for their long year, couple years long feud. I wrote a um, an article about how Roman Reigns is the only guy that I think would be perfect to be the opponent for Brock Lesnar uh, on that kind of continuity level because he's the antithesis of Brock Lesnar. So it's it's an interesting. Mm-hmm visual to see Roman Reigns of all people with Paul Heyman or what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I just want to go back to a quote real fast from AJ styles that he did on one of his streams. And I think it was maybe a month or two ago Okay, and they were asking him about SmackDown and why the ratings are so bad. And he said, really the ratings are so bad because there's no Roman Reigns. And I remember when he said that there was a lot of people saying, oh, well, Roman is not the reason why. No, he is the reason why. Roman Reigns is a superstar. There is no question about it. He gets a reaction out of you, whether it's positive or negative. It's a lot positive now because people wanted this version of Roman Reigns for a long time. And positive now, based off of, you know, his, unfortunately, his illness that he had in real life. And a lot of people started rooting for him personally. So this becomes a situation where Roman um, is now in a position to bring people, eyes, fans to the television screen. 
and I 100% love it because you have to you have to realize this. He came back, and they put the strap on him immediately. Yeah. Like he debuted at SummerSlam, and then a week later, won the belt. And I don't see anybody like years past crying about the Fiend losing the title. Like when the Fiend lost the title to Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody crying about Braun Strowman losing the strap. The way that he lost it, uh, to to the Fiend. Oh, you buried him. I don't hear any of that. And that means that it's doing its job in terms of this Roman Reigns thing. Because if this was a face Roman Reigns that went in and they had a knockdown, drag out 30 minute match where he was involved in the entire match and he won the belt as a face, then everybody would rip this to shreds. They would rip it up. But the fact that Roman came in as a heel and created so much entry because mind you, when he debuted at SummerSlam, people thought that this was Roman Reigns, the face. Yeah. He didn't become a heel until that Friday night where he's aligned with Heyman. Then he solidified his heel status by the way he won the title and by them booking him against his cousin is going to really take it to the next level that this is an ultimate bad guy. So I love it. This is great TV. One of the aspects of the heel turn for Roman Reigns that I liked was that it wasn't your traditional cookie cutter. I'm going to turn on somebody or I'm going to beat somebody or I, you know, I'm going to jump them from behind kind of turn like everyone has done. It seems like that's the only way to turn heel nowadays. Um, or even really to cut a promo. He turned heel by saying, that's not a prediction, that's a... And then turning his head. I mean, that that's innovative right there. And that, that goes to the, the talent of Roman Reigns on how he delivered it. It goes to the talent of the production team on pulling away and panning over to Paul Heyman and the, and the visuals of Paul Heyman, the nonverbals of Paul Heyman. Um, it's just a overall basket of goodness. I like to call it with that heel turn because it just really was outside the box. I gotta, I gotta give, I think this was a Paul Heyman idea. And the reason why I say this is because oddly enough, um, I would say sometime last week I saw the video when Paul Heyman aligned himself with CM Punk. And what happened is there was a fight. I think uh, John Cena was facing or fighting Alberto Del Rio in the backstage area. Don't know why. I don't know if it was a, I think it was a match. I'm not sure. And um, CM Punk comes in, starts beating him up, lays him out on the ground. There's a car that's at the feet of John Cena. CM Punk grabs the title belt holds it up, then gets in the car. Car so slowly starts to roll on the side of John Cena. The window comes down. You see Paul Heyman's face poke out and look at John Cena like, oh boy, what happened to you? 
and then he drives off and then you hear the crowd go oh so the way that that was booked is the Heyman idea and we had a show and we talked about how we didn't think that Bruce Pritchard would be doing a good job I have to say so far so good I have to say that I have to give Bruce Pritchard because he's running both shows Mm-hmm. I have to give him his props that he has made Raw definite. I mean, SmackDown is getting better for sure. But I think the biggest turnaround has been for Raw. I think Raw has been putting on some very fantastic shows here within the last month or two. And it's ironic um, because he had SmackDown a lot longer than he had Raw. It's almost like instantly when he took over Raw, it, it got better. Yeah, it's like not only did he get better um booking wise, but I think, you know, I don't, I don't know I don't know what it is. Like the a lot of the stuff was kind of a lot of the things were kind of laid out by Heyman and you know, he did pick some of that up, but a lot of the stuff he just threw away and started fresh. Yeah. So, um like this this Randy Orton push um, definitely started by Paul Heyman. Um, I think it was after they had the world's greatest wrestling match. Wasn't that when Pritchard kind of took over? I think so. It was It was the summer times. I think Heyman did have a, a full year with Raw. Yeah, yeah. Which is a and... lot more time than a lot of people thought he'd have. Yeah, I, I mean, I just thought with the way that things were going on now with the pandemic and everything, I thought that they were going to just continue to give him the book because he definitely, I definitely love the work that they did with Aleister Black at the time. Um, what's that other guy's name? Is His name escapes me. Uh, Cabrillo, I think his name is. Oh, uh, Humberto? Humberto, yes. Yeah. Um. Which is sad because he's not really getting any TV time anymore. I think he's injured, think he's isn't he? I don't know if he's injured or not, but um, he, to me, I think should have involvement in this Rey Mysterio thing somehow. Hmm. But I got, I got it, I gotta give it up to Bruce Pritchard uh, on what he's done thus far. Again, I don't know if. Now, this is the thing that's difficult, right? I give it up to him, and I think it's kind of a catch-22, right? Because a lot of the stuff are branching storylines. Even though they're new, new things he introduced, the foundation is strong, and he just continued it with greater ideas of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about stuff that's maybe 100% from scratch. 100%. He had no involvement in it. And even though I did say that he, you know, has kind of taken over and stuff like that, it's, it's like a house. The house has to have a strong foundation. Yeah. And a lot of these foundations were laid by Heyman. So let me give Heyman his credit as well, too. I was, I give, I was thinking about that as well, because Heyman mm-hmm. lined up a hell of a roster when they did the, the brand uh, split draft. 
last year, and Heyman pretty much got all the major players on Raw that he wanted, and I think he did a damn good job picking guys that are compatible with each other, picking the women that are compatible with each other, to the point that they are so easy to work with and so easy to pop into whatever scenario they want, and they can run with it, they can hit home runs with it, that when Bruce Pritchard came in, it was an ease of transition for him on Raw compared to... I mean, he's almost had SmackDown for almost a year, right? Because Bischoff had it from, what, summer until, like, October? And then Pritchard took over? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, too, with um, Heyman, and where it's always been a fundamental problem, I think, that he's had with Vince, is that Heyman is a fan of wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, Vince is a fan of sports entertainment. So Heyman hired, well, not hired, but got a bunch of guys who could really work their tail off. Like, he really established Apollo Crews. He really was, before this Brock, he faced Lesnar, he made he put Ricochet on a hell of a singles run. Yeah. I mean, the entrance, the smoke, every like, you really put him on a hell of a run. Um, Aleister Black, Humberto, who I didn't know who he was, but you put him in very good positions to succeed. Um... Andrade, um, like Angel Garza, Angel Garza, which was funny because Angel Garza was not supposed to be on Raw for <laughs> yeah. that long period of time, and I had said, I said, "You, there's no way this kid's going back." No. I said that multiple times. I said that to you. I think we might have had a show about it. Yeah, I said, "There's no way he's going back. You're not going to have. He's too good." He's too good. Mm-hmm. He's too good of a heel. He's too good. He, he he's one of the guys who's Hispanic that can actually speak very very well, and is not a diss to the other guys. It's just not their first language, but he can speak. He's 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 too good, too good, and he's never gone back. Yeah, never gone back. Um, but back to what I was saying, I give props to Bruce Pritchard, but. What concerns me, and we've said this a lot about other promotions who will remain nameless, is when we get into past the honeymoon stage and we're five to six months in and we're heading towards, you know, other events. Is it still going to be good because now we're further away from the foundation? And we have to create completely unique ideas. And the one idea that he's created that I think is falling flat is retribution. Oh, I thought you were going to say Raw Underground. <laughs> no, I think Raw Underground. I think Raw Underground has a place. I think that what they did with Braun Strowman and uh, what's his name, Dabo Dabo Coda. Yeah, something I don't remember it's it's such an off weird freaking name yeah it's a weird name i think seeing him and stroman in that environment i was pretty hyped to see it i think that they didn't book it well enough because you know while stroman was destroying these guys and he was standing there looking and i'm like well you know he's gonna step up on the on the mat you know he's the next guy up yeah so it would have been better if, like, he was beating everybody up, and then they said, "Who's next?" And then you see him, like, part the, you know, the competitors, throw them out the way, and then get in the ring and have a standoff, 
then that that would have been a little bit more of a better cliffhanger. But I, you know, or I you could have had like the um, the no holds barred entrance. Remember when when Zeus showed up in no holds barred and like the the door flung off the freaking hinges and he come in and beat everyone's ass and Strowman could have done that and then they could have just done a shot of like the the door flying off the hinges Shane's big freaking doorman on the ground and that Coda dude fucking walking in and getting right up into Strowman's face and then not even say anything not, not even have Shane do like oh 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 you know that kind of crap have them get in each other's face do like the Hulk Zeus face down showdown and then you, you fade to black and then like that's it for raw underground that week and then on social media hype up that we're gonna you know continue what's what's going on show footage that wasn't seen that week or some shit you know yeah i think raw underground should be more underground i, I think that adding social media having guys you know maybe cut promos on each other that are not necessarily pg on their Instagrams or, you know, I, I think that would really take it to the next level. We need to make this feel like this is a completely different entity that is a promotion within a promotion um, rather than a special feature. Yeah. I do and like the um, idea that it's only during the third hour, though. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like the, you know, the the door leading into the door. I, I still... Don't know why they took away the dancing women because I think that added to the ambiance of it to make it feel kind of like, um, like an outlaw, like this is not PG type thing. Um, I think you should have guys standing around that are not necessarily competitors holding beers, drinking beers, mm, having yeah. a good time, like at a bar, like maybe make it look a little smoky in there. Like there's a little there's little things that they can do to add to the ambiance of it. Um, Shane McMahon on the microphone, I I don't like that. I think it, I think he should be an accompanying voice. But um, you know we, we should have somebody like a Joey Styles. Maybe not necessarily him, but you know somebody. Maybe there's an ex announcer that was an ex sports announcer. Maybe they could bring um, in Ricky Ratman. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they can bring in like I don't know, just like a. I know, some, I know somebody. somebody they can bring in that'd be perfect for that. It's got the perfect voice, perfect look, and all that shit. And you know the person too, Chris Kloss. I think Kloss would be fantastic for that. Hell yeah, um, he would. Yeah, he he has a he has a resume. Mm -hmm. um, when they did Wrestling Society X. You know, he had a very good look. Yeah. So they need to they need to make it feel like I, I just remember years ago, remember when ECW invaded Raw? Yeah. And well wait, wait, which which version of it? Because I think they did like three overall. They did like the the one in ninety six, ninety seven, then they did during the invasion angle and then when ECW was being brought back as a brand. This was the first one when they were bef they were debuting on pay per view. ECW. Okay, so when ECW was its own actual own company, right? And okay. they had a pay per view that upcoming uh, weekend. Yeah, and um, 
that that version. The one that Jerry the and, King Lawler uh, crashed. <laughs> yeah, and Jerry said on TV, he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invade their pay per view. They want to come here and invade us. I'm gonna invade their show." Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was that beautiful. Version, <laughs> that version of the ECW, right? Okay. Um, Paul Heyman, when it was time for ECW guys, it felt different. And I remember Paul Heyman made a comment. He said, they came back for commercial. And it was now time for the ECW segment. He said, boy, this show has sucked without us. <laughs> and it was a huge pop. Yeah. Why? Because it felt different when his wrestlers were wrestling. Mm-hmm. It sounded different. And that's what it should be like for Raw Underground. It should feel different. It should sound different. It should be different. So I don't, I said all that to say this, I think Raw Underground is fine, but this retribution thing, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I think everybody, at this point, everybody knows who you are. Um, it didn't come off. Like, one thing that's funny, too, is like, um, what's the guy's name? Um, Mojo Raleigh. Mm. He was one of the guys that were under the mask. No one's reporting this, but how do I know this? You go back to Raw and you listen to some guy in the back saying, yeah, 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 yeah. We got you, baby. We got you, baby. What you going to do? I'm like, well, that's Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, well, it's funny because like, there was a lot of people that thought that was um, uh, Gronk. Oh, God. Which I, they, no, football season started. He's playing now, right? Did he come back? Yeah, he's he, he just had a game on uh Sunday. Yeah, so he ain't going to be doing the NFL and WWE. No. Hell no. Yeah, the, the NFL has a very strict policy on uh, non-touch. That's why, if people remember from TNA, when they had Pac-Man Jones there, he was signed to an NFL team. I don't know if he signed to the Dallas Cowboys or something. But Pac-Man Jones at the time was a very good cornerback. Mm-hmm. He's since retired from the league, but he was very—he was one of the top cornerbacks there uh, for a while, and um, that's why they called him Pac-Man Jones because he would always intercept the ball, like a Pac-Man. You know, when he eat the ball, he would always intercept the ball. Yeah. Um. So, real quick, off topic, just just one, one uh, quick football question for you: Who do you think was a better? cornerback you think uh pac-man jones or uh deon sanders oh prime prime time deon is quite arguably the best cornerback that's ever played football yeah that, that dude man fucking iron man football playing defense and offense holy shit prime time is uh yeah prime okay. time Alright. Just I, I talking about in Pac-Man shit, I just I just started thinking about that. I was like, man, I was kinda curious what you thought about that. Yeah. Um a lot of people would probably say Daryl Daryl Rivas second. Mm-hmm. Because I know you're not a I'm, I know you're a football fan, you don't follow it super close. And I don't to be honest with you, I don't follow football as close as I used to. I'm definitely a huge basketball fan. I could but, probably um, talk more nineties football than today's football. Yeah, yeah, but they had a guy named Daryl Revis, and he would shut people down, and I like that his nickname, because his nickname was Revis Island. Oh, nice. And, and he would, and then they would say, uh-oh, he got him on Revis Island, he's not catching the ball. Yeah. 
So definitely. And then he was one of the football players that um, a lot of the a lot of the times a lot of these football players would sign long term contracts, and they would the money that they would get. Like somebody will sign like a hundred million dollar contract, but only twenty five million dollars of that is guaranteed. Mm, that's still a um, lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know you see a hundred million dollars and you think you're going to get it, but in football they have these inflated like deals where it's like there's all these incentives. If you make the Pro Bowl, if you win the certain amount of playoff games, if you throw a certain amount of passes, if you you know do X Y Z. Um, perfect example of this is uh, any given Sunday. I think it was um, I forgot whose character it was. Love that movie. But, but there was one character who's like, no, I gotta break the, I gotta break the receiving record for running backs or something like oh, that. Oh, I think it was uh, LL Cool J's, right? I want to say it was his character. It's been so long. Since or it might have been LT. Probably, you know what? I think it was LT. Yeah, it was LT because he was always because getting he- the, those knee injections. Yeah, yeah, you, he had he had a very serious like um, addiction problem on the movie. Yeah. So in the movie, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so so um, it would be a lot for him to like play and run and all that stuff. So if he got it, then he would get a bonus. I think he got a bonus of like a million dollars. So that's the whole thing too with like NFL players. But Daryl Rivas, he would always sign one-year contracts, and they would sign him for like $15 million guaranteed. And a lot of people would be like, well, that's, you know, you're betting on yourself. So if you get hurt, then you're not going to get the full amount of money. You'll probably get a million dollars, if that, or 500000 or if that. Mm-hmm. So he would always bet on himself, sign these one-year contracts, and he ended up making a lot of money because he would – do 15 million and another 10 million and another 9 million to sign for one year over and over and over again. And he ended up making a lot more money than a lot of these quarterbacks did that signed for like four or five years. Play smarter, not harder. Yeah. So, but anyway, we went on to a different subject. Um, but back to Roman I think Roman doing a fantastic job. Um, if I was going to nitpick anything, uh, in the WWE right now is this retribution thing. Um, I love what they're doing with the Hurt Business. Um, we just need them to feud with somebody. Um, I don't know if this retribution they're going to feud with. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, big fan of the Hurt Business. Um, love the new theme music that they had on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, with retribution, it seems like Seems like some like during one of the meetings, somebody probably was like, "Hey, let's you know remember that Aces and Eights thing you did over in Impact." And Bruce is probably like, "Yeah, I remember that." <laughs> well, let's do that. All right. Well, where are we gonna go with it? I don't know. Let's just have them jump everybody until we figure it out. Because like the beginning of it was really good, and then it just got really boring and drawn out up until last week, and especially this week was really good with it. Yeah, I mean, I like that they're talking. Um, I like. I, I don't necessarily feel that it was retribution. I think it was more the hurt business than retribution. Yeah, but I mean, you can't say that retribution didn't have a hand in that because you got to have them build up the heat to make the big pop for hurt business to come out. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it was written very good. I put it like that. But yeah, kind of reminded I, me of remember the lead into WrestleMania 25, and he had Legacy out there, and all of a sudden like Triple H's music hits, and he comes out, and then Shane came out, and then Vince came out. They rolled up their sleeves, and they just fucking met right in the middle of the fucking ramp, and all six were just duking it out. Yeah, yeah, and they and it's, it's funny that you said that because. I'm sure Pritchard was there at that time period. Yeah, because he left, I think, at the end of 2009, and that took place in early 2009. Yeah, and he's they're famous for creating those type of segments because there's a lot of those type of segments where Raw goes off the air and then everybody, like, every feud kind of meets in the middle of the ring before the pay-per-view happens that Sunday. Yeah. And then JR, like, oh, what's going to happen this Sunday? <laughs> oh, hell is breaking loose, you know? Like, yeah. they were famous for that and it was so, always good good television I, I i i i always look back and i say man where was it and i try to pinpoint a, a certain point in time where i've i lost that magic feeling when i watch wrestling because it's been gone for so long and i always pinpoint it to around the time that sean retired at wrestlemania 26 and pritchard left months before that and ever since then, it just seems like it's been very, very cookie cutter in the WWE in the last 10 years. But with Pritchard coming back, especially what they've been doing on Raw uh, the last you know four or five months, has just been refreshing. It's been refreshing. Um, like I said, my concern is that do we have the year planned? If we have the year planned out, great. Um this whole thing with Rey Mysterio, like, just when you think it's over, then they have another wrinkle, which is Aaliyah checking on um, Murphy. So, And it's very humorous to see how many people on Twitter wonder, oh, my God, was that a mistake? Did she forget she was on camera? No, that was planned. She ain't going to do that shit. They're mysterious, right. man. They're professional. Right, and it's very interesting that they did it that way because I was like, why is Aaliyah out here getting to check? So now I see why. Yeah. But, um... It, it's it's very like that is the most because I feel like they're saving because we know Ray is hurt so I feel like they're saving um, Mysterio and Rollins to end this feud once and for all um, I feel like they're saving them what if what if it's gonna culminate at Survivor Series and you got the Mysterio family versus the Rollins family <laughs> You know, obviously they're going to have to get like, you know, two women or something like that. And, you know, Ray's wife is going to be very limited, obviously. Probably not even get in the ring. But to me, that just seems like a natural thing, especially you know, Pritchard is really huge with Survivor Series, considering his history with the company around that time, too. I could see that being the blow off. Um, yeah, I mean, this feud is going on for a while. But when you add new, and that's the thing that AEW needs to take notice of, is that you got to quit doing these hot shot angles. You got to quit talking about the WWE. Yeah. You, you got to really focus on character de development. I'm not really into introducing a new character every two months. I'm not into that. And stop with the debuting promos about how action park wrestling's better and, and the fake brass ring bullshit. Like 
that's it's old, man. We get it. You don't like your previous employer. Right. And then, you know, oh, is Lana going to be punished? Oh, she was punished. She went through a table. Mm. Okay. Okay. Look, let's just be honest, right? Every talent has the ability to say no. Every talent. No, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's going to be good for my character. They can say no. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. If you listen to what John Moxley complained about when he left was about a lot of the stuff that they wanted him to do. And he said no. And he fought for it. And he got his way. So you can say no. So Lana, from her perspective, she's never taken a table bump on TV as far as I know. Mm -hmm. So she probably said, okay. If I take this table bump now, then Lana's character is going to have to get revenge. And, you know, this is around the tag team women's title picture. Yeah. So she's thinking, okay, I take this bump now, then we're going to get revenge at some point. So just because she took a table bump, don't think it's somebody being punished. You know, they didn't say, okay, we're going to put you in the uh, they didn't have the great Kali come back and you're going to be his love interest. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't do, you know, like, ah, well, that? and if anybody knows like the history of Lana and like how she is and all that stuff, like, especially with like her appearances on total divas, they know that there's been a lot of people that have bitched and complained about, Oh, Lana's not a good worker. She doesn't take bumps. She's probably thinking like, you know, somebody came up to her and said, we're going to do this, this spot. She's probably thinking to herself, like maybe this is how I can win some fans over by taking a fucking bump through a table. Right. This is it's a memorable spot that people talked about. It so, it is. It, it really is. That that so, that's that shot that they had on camera with her laid out and the table bust all over the place. I mean, that was that was a really good shot. Right. It did a lot. It created intrigue for the future. It made um Shayna Baszler and um I don't know why I'm forgetting names today. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of freaking names. Nia Jax. Nia yeah. Jax. Um, look strong like they did a great job it helped push the you know the the match that they eventually will have with the riot squad like it did a lot yeah it, that, it really that made that whole scene for the women's tag titles look more important look competitive so they did a, they did a lot in a little mm -hmm. um but speaking of women i don't really you know i don't understand the move of mandy rose uh, to Raw, I don't get that. Yeah, what are they gonna do with her and, and Otis? Like they they didn't even explain that there's there's no split between them. There's nothing going on. Yeah, you built this up. They had a WrestleMania match. For <laughs> yeah. You know, and you you built this whole thing up only for it to not mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sonya Deville is you know fired or whatever. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. What a crazy situation that was too with Sonya with that stalker, huh? Yeah, yeah, and I understand why she's taking time off or whatever, and I get it. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is like, you made us, you made us believe in this whole thing with Otis and Mandy Rose, 
and I don't I don't get it what they're what they're going because Otis was on a pretty pretty good little push there. Oh yeah, and I think that is a product of Paul Heyman. I don't think that is a Bruce Pritchard product. Really, because that was a whole SmackDown thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think because the reason why I don't think that maybe Bruce Pritchard had as much say in it is because they dropped it so suddenly. Mm. Because you know what else was a, a Bruce Pritchard product? Is the whole thing with the stalker. Remember the hacker they had on SmackDown? Yeah. Which I'm surprised they didn't try to tie that into the whole retribution thing because that, that would have been perfect. Right. So... They just, I don't know. I don't get it. Because that could have been how they explain uh, Retribution getting a video package and shit. Somebody hacks right. into their truck and puts it in there. Right. Well, I just, you know, I think they need a leader. Um, I don't know if uh, that Co- Dijakovic, is that how you pronounce his name? Dijakovic? Dijakovic. I don't know if he's going to be the ideal leader. Um, nah, because he's not believable to me. Yeah. Um, if this thing with Heyman and Reigns never existed, if you had Paul Heyman as the representative of this group and he was the one talking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then he, then he would get this group over. Oh, that would have been but, great to have him come out and cut the promo saying, you know, on behalf of his uh, his clients, they wish to express, you know, such and such and have it worded that way. Like, that would have been great. Right. Right. Fuck, man, you have me all excited now. Cause I would, as, as good as Roman and Heyman is, I think I probably would get a little bit more excited for Heyman being the voice of Retribution. <laughs> Yeah, if he was a voice of retribution, then you could have him come out and and as everybody's you know talking or whatever, um, or not talking, but like you know when they reveal themselves, then Heyman can cut a promo and say kind of the same thing that uh, he said when he was doing the promo with Reigns that uh, just when they just when I was out, these gentlemen pulled me back in. And you could say that you could have a little shoot promo here. You could say, listen, I was hired in an executive role here in the WWE, and I did my damnedest to make sure that Raw was the number one show. And just like before, because the old man was upset that I was doing things that he could only dream of, (laughs) I was let go. When Brock Lesnar decided not to sign back with the WWE and his merchandise was quickly taken off of WWEshop.com, I had a phone call. And the phone call wasn't about me, no. The phone call was, can you get Lesnar back? And you can go down that line where he's just cutting putting some truth into it. I'm representing these guys because they are um, the overlooked 
the underappreciated, the tossed aside. They were they were promised to be the future, the next wave of superstars, but yet the next wave. And you know that that would be retribution. That would get them over as a group collectively. But Heyman's not their voice. So how do you get these guys over? Because no one knows who they are. No. Figuratively or literally. Both. Yeah. Because when you reveal who they are, which everyone kind of knows that, who they are, Mm -hmm. then what are you going to do? Because remember, they were teasing for a few weeks that the Miz had something to do with this group. Which is funny that you mentioned the Miz because when they did some of the close-up shots of uh, Retribution in the ring this week, or I can't remember if it was this week or, or was it in the ring or backstage? I can't remember, but there was a close-up shot of one of the guys and he had bug eyes, but they looked just like the Miz's. It looked like Miz was there. Now, whether or not he's going to be an actual character in the group or they just needed a body for that segment, I have no idea, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to make this believable. Because you need a believable leader. And uh, I think it would be great if Samoa Joe was the leader. Oh, man, that would make a hell of a moment right there. Right, like, we swerve everybody we think is Diakovic. Uh, whatever it is, I cannot put um, but you think it's him when actuality he's speaking on behalf of the Samoans. Yeah. I like that. I I would I would love to see Joe be revealed as the leader of retribution. Right. And then you could say every week every week you know you cause it's every <laughs> week I sat there and I watched week after week. After a week of you putting somebody like Dominic Mysterio in the ring, why you have me forced on commentary? As if I couldn't choke everyone out in this arena in two seconds. You know, like he can do it. Oh yeah. He would be belie- he would be believable. You put him as a leader of the group and he has some guys behind him, then now let's say he goes up against a group of faces, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it. That that would be good. And they're not doing anything with him, and I, I, I would imagine he's got to be healed up by now. He's got to be healed up by now. Um, Mac, next week, not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday is going to be Clash of Champions. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't done one of these in a very, very long time. Like usually like I would do one like by myself, but I think we should get the band together next week on the podcast. I think we should get me, you, we should get Kat. If Theo wants to get on, Theo can get on too. I think we should do a round table and do a prediction podcast for clash of champions. What do you think? I'm with it. All right. 
So for sure, you and I are going to be down for that. I'm sure Cat will be down for that too. And we'll try to get Theo on there. Maybe Blade will want to get on too. Maybe uh, DA, if DA is not at uh, Disney World. Um, <laughs> you know, that goofy little bastard. But yeah. Um, Mac, before we uh, wrap things up, there's any uh, shout outs or plugs or anything like that you want to give up? Uh, go to myworkoutgym.com for all of your home fitness needs. I know that the pandemic is still going on. Uh, things are starting to open up, but a lot of people still do not comfortable as of yet going out to a gym. You know, so why not bring the gym to your home? Uh, we have the best home fitness equipment, everything sweated and tested, meaning that professional trainers, uh, fitness enthusiasts, everybody has recommended every single product on that page. You don't put it on the page unless somebody is sweated and tested at the actually results so go to myworkoutgym.com hook yourself up all righty myworkoutgym.com check it out ladies and gentlemen it is bob Backlund approved you know we should get bob Backlund on the show and have him talk about working out and whatnot maybe uh maybe you can give him a couple of products and have him test out yes he can do we'll see how many squats he can do. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, McAvall, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Uh, great discussion this week about Bruce Pritchard, Roman Reigns, and uh, Raw Underground. Man, it's good. A lot of, lot of things going on in the world of professional wrestling, and that's just one promotion that we talked about. There's a lot of other things. Next week, we'll, we'll get uh, the band together. We'll do the, uh, the podcast about um, the pay-per-view Clash of Champions coming up on September 27th. And we'll give a prediction podcast then. Uh, Mac, thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all with the same username, Ring Scoops. And also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds. Uh, the streams that we do, it's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And uh, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops as well for all your Ring Scoops merchandise. Prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops. That's it. For this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.